What's going on? Matt Malatesta here with Coach Greg Cranfield of St. Pius. This is the St. Pius 10 Coaches Show brought to you every week by Vibe. Um, all right, Coach. Big week coming up. Concordia, we're moving into we're moving into district play. You know, you had y'all went two and three uh, prior district. Just talk about what you guys think you got accomplished. And, you know, did y'all smooth out the kinks going into district play? Yeah, I think I think the key right now is is getting through those first five. Uh, you know, our last game versus Bishop John, I turned around and we had eight starters standing behind me in street clothes uh, due to, to different injuries and those types of things. And a lot of those guys, uh, thank goodness for our open week, uh, are now back fully, fully dressed out and ready to go. So we feel like we're moving in. Now, we're still missing a couple of key pieces, but we feel like we're moving into district play um, as, as in good as condition as we possibly can be when it comes to uh, our injuries. Um, those, those guys that were not there, um, I was proud of the guys that, that did step in and, and assume those roles, um, but those guys are starters for a reason, and, and we missed them for sure. Um, we, we feel like that we've done what we needed to and addressed the, 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 the key parts of, of what's keeping us from being uh, as successful as we want to in those critical situations uh, through our open week. And we feel good about going into week one of district. Well, you know, just kind of looking at your squad, you've got some, I can't tell who's like the alpha in the locker room. You got Jackson Mobley, you got Josh Mitchell, Vincent Doucette, Bryce. Who's kind of the straw that stirs the drink or is it kind of a couple of them? No, I think it's I think it starts with our captains, you know, Aiden, Aiden Allen and Jonah Razo from the defensive side. And then you got offensive lineman Isababa and Bryce um, on the offensive side. I think those guys have proven to be uh, very great leaders in that locker room. And then you've got people um, that that are filling or fulfilling great spots or or roles when you talk about the Vincent Doucettes and the Jackson Mobleys and K.J. Dibbles and, and all of those guys. Ryder Anderson on defense has been playing great. Um, you know, you name it. We've had guys that have, have had great moments. Um, I think the reason that we're sitting two and three right now is because of one word, and that's consistency. Uh, we have not shown a, a great amount of consistency in doing uh, things correct the, the entire way. And, you know, when you look at success, the reality of it is it takes what it takes. Um, there are no shortcuts. And if you want to be great, you have to do the, the things that uh, great athletes and great players do on a consistent basis. And, and that's, that's what we're focusing our attention on. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy with where we are, where we are, but never satisfied. You know, we, we just got to keep pushing and keep pushing. All right. So big week, <clears throat> Willie Amendola takes over Concordia Lutheran. They kind of, Got off to a pretty quick start. I think they're four and one. Um, talk about what y'all are trying to accomplish with them, of course, getting a win. But what what do you feel like will be some of the keys to that game? Yeah, and I think Coach Amendola and his staff have done an amazing job over there um, continuing on. Um, you're talking about a squad of, of on the Concordia side that, I mean, you can tell by watching video they're well coached. Um, they're going to do what what their coach is asking them to do, and schematically, it's it's flawless. I mean, they've they've got uh, they've got a direction in which that offense rolls, 
And, and those kids believe in that system, and they should. I mean, Coach Amendola has got skins on the wall to prove that uh, he knows what he's talking about. And he's got a staff of, 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 of great coaches that can follow along and do what, what, what he's asking them to do. You know, defensively, they're solid. They fly to the ball, and, and they play hard. So, I mean, to say that we would have to bring our A game, I, I think is, is foolish because for us, with, with, if there is no A game, there is no game at all. Um, so it, it's a great test for us, um, but but I like our chances and the fact of, uh, of how our kids have prepared and, and how well we're uh, moving forward in this program. You know, just talking about football and, and, and especially high school football, it all really, the coach is so integral sure. in the high school football world. Yeah. And it starts with culture. And I just hear this word over and over again. What would you say, like, what culture do you try and bring to wherever you've been, especially here at St. Pius? Yeah, sure. So culture to us, I, and I agree with you. I mean, that's a word that's thrown around, um, but I don't know how many people truly define it for their program. To me, culture is the who, the what, the when, the where, and the why of what we do, the way we do every time, you know. Um, and, and I think that starts, you know, for us. Um, through our JV program of building these kids up and believing in the system that we run. You know, we're, we're so multiple uh, offensively and defensively that uh, no matter what size, what shape, what speed you're at, you're, you are, uh, we can find a place for you here at St. Pius, and that's what we try to do. And, and we're going to use those kids uh, to the best of their ability to put them in, in situations to allow them to make plays. Uh, culture is... In, in my opinion, is them believing that that there that there are results from hard work and dedication, and committing to a program in which you will see benefits. Uh, maybe it's not always to the level at which you you want it to be. I mean, I think all of us set high expectations on ourselves, starting with me. Um, but I think that success is always judged not necessarily from us on the scoreboard on a weekly basis, but for me to be able to look two and three years down the road and say, are the kids that have gone through our program, are they better people? Are they going to be better husbands? Are they going to be better fathers? Are they better sons because of, of, of the lessons that we have uh, instilled upon them uh, with the help of, of their parents and, and moving forward? Um, I, I think it's a belief in, in family and families for us is an acronym that says, forget about me. I love you. And I think that's what we try to instill in those kids that it's not always about, it's not always about them. Now, don't get me wrong. There are situations where I need kids to perform. I need it to be a very selfish thing that they say, I'm going to do this because that's what I've been coached to do. And the team will benefit from them. But when it comes to making decisions that are a whole lot we and a whole lot less uh, me, um, I think that's what the locker room, uh, you know, I think that's the message that you get from our locker room. And that's what people, that's what coaches don't understand sometimes is the influence that they have down the road. That's so right. like, you know, you see all these social media influencers, football coaches can be huge influencers in kids' lives. Yeah. But what I'm curious is, and I love to hear about what coaches have to say about this is who were your biggest influences? Like who kind of said, Hey, I want to be like him or gave you that nudge into saying, hey, this is what I want to do. This is my mission field is being 
a high school football coach? Yeah. So for me, it always starts with my pops, man. My, my dad is that guy. Um, and I think it's funny. And, and I tell him all this time, I spent the first 20 years of my life hoping that I wouldn't be like him. And the last 28 years praying to God that I could be like him, right. you know, and, and, and I think that comes with growth and maturity and just seeing, you know, seeing a guy that, that would put his nose to the grind, that he would grab his hard hat and his lunch pail every day and go to work. And then he'd come home and he spent time with his family, regardless of how, how, how tired he was. Um, he, 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 he was that guy. And, and I use that as fuel for me anytime that I feel like I'm tired is just to think about all the great things that he's done and accomplished uh, just because of how he, how he is, uh, you know, and, and, and I think there's no doubt that, that, that he's m probably my greatest influence. And I think it's, you know, I was, I was lucky to be surrounded by a lot of great men growing up with my grandfather and my great uncle. And I have two uh, amazing uncles on my mother's side. That, that all were those great influences that I don't think my dad cared at all if I got into the truck with any of those guys because he knew they were going to take care of me. And not only take care of me, they were going to teach me how to be a better person. And I think that's, that's why I'm so family-oriented in the fact of just knowing how much trust my mom and dad had in, in the family that surrounded me and, and, and knew that, that I was going to be raised um, with, with, with a hard uh, you know, with the hard nose mentality, but also understanding that it was okay to look a man in the eye and tell him how much you loved him. And, and I think that's, I got that from my dad. So. And, you know, when you get up in the morning and, or you take on a new season, what is it about coaching that <clears throat> keeps you coming back? Is it the camaraderie? Is it the kids? Is it kind of pushing forward to a singular goal? What is the juice, man? What keeps you going as it relates to coaching? Yeah, I think it's funny because Katie, my wife, and I were just having this conversation uh, actually yesterday. And, and I told her, I said, babe, you do understand ball coaches like us, we don't really have many hobbies. Uh, so that's why we coach to such a long age. She goes, well, you like golf. And I said, I have about $2,000 worth of golf clubs sitting in that garage that I've hit one time in the last year and a half. And, and I think it's because it's, it's what we choose to do. It's not what we have to do. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think that's that's a great lesson to anybody. There's, there are people that live a life that they have to do a bunch of things. And in my case, I get to do what I do. You know, last week, uh, Tuesday night, I went and watched, I got to go watch my son play. Wednesday night, I got to go watch another junior high game. Thursday night, we're gonna, I get to go watch our JV. Friday night, I get to go and coach a football team. And that's, that's a lot of getting to, but that's a lot of things that I, I get to do because of, of, of the, the position that I hold. And I take that with, with, with a lot of seriousness. And I, take, and I think there's a lot of honor that comes with it. And not only having that, but doing a great job um, with, with the platform that I have. Um, you know, it, it, it's fun to do right. what we do, you know, and, and I think that's kind of what, 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 what you're getting at. Um, don't, tell, don't, don't, don't think I don't, I, I don't go through hard days. You know, don't think that, that my life is full of sunshine and rainbows because sometimes there's some thunderstorms in this chair that a lot of people that say, man, I want to be a head coach. And I just I say, do you I mean, do you really do you really want to do that? Um, but see, I've been blessed being surrounded by a lot of great head coaches through my career. Um, I started with Donnie Fothery, Keith Crutzinger, 
Then I had an opportunity to work with Steve Vickers at Van Vleck and then Brian Irwin, who was at Lamarck. And then yeah. I got to, I, he, I was with him at Hillsboro. And then I went back to work for him uh, at Flower Mound Marcus. Um, I've gotten to work with Flint Bigham. I got to work with Terry Cron. And, and I think what I learned from each one of those is that there's a piece of each one of them and things that I do. And it's, it, it, there's, some, there's some pride that comes with going, you boys just got a lesson. And without Brian Irwin, you would have never got that lesson. And boys in my locker room get lessons that if it wasn't for Terry Cron, you would have never gotten that lesson because that's where I got it. And I think, I think every coach would say the same thing. And I hope that one day one of my assistants who becomes a head coach says exactly the same thing, that, 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 that kids, their kids in their locker room are better because they got an opportunity to work side by side with me. That is, and I yeah. Think, and, and I think that's cool. that's the influencer part. It's just so fascinating that you know coaches, whether it be football, water, whatever, they're they're influencing like ten thousand kids sure. on the way you know during their career. And you say Brian Irwin, I remember his time at you know he's such a respected guy at Lamarck, and they had so yep. many great teams there. And then he you know he moved on, but just the lineage of coaching. And then sure. you know what's kind of funny is is. David Amon, he was the coach at North Shore who I was really close with when I wrote a book. And he's like, Matt, you know, it's just ingrained in your blood here every day. And he's sitting there with his wife at dinner and he's thinking about, hey, man, I sh maybe we should have called this play instead of this play during a game against Channel View and Jalen Hurts, yep. who's now playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. It never can't no. turn it off. It's so hard to turn it off sometimes. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and, and if you can't, and I, and I say this with all seriousness, if you can't, you'll be miserable. Yeah. Because you'll find out that you look back and you go, man, I wasted so many opportunities to do something else with my life other than just the, 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 the X's and O's of football. And, and when I say that, I mean, I turn off the game to go watch one of our ex players play a game. Right. That's, that's not really turning it off. You know right. what I mean? But it, it is, it is in a sense of you're doing things to create moments and I think if you miss that opportunity with with your wife and your son and your family and, you know, um, you come to a St. Pius game, you're going to see my dad, my two sisters, my brother-in-law, my, my uh, father-in-law, my mother. They're all sitting in the stands because of, of the support that we get. But there's a lot to say from a head coaching perspective to turn around, look at a, in those stands and see that that level of support that you have. And like I said, it's just a moment. Um, I had a buddy of mine that uh, was was a good friend of mine at, at uh, when I was head coach at Wills Point, uh, Rick John, State Farm uh, agent. Um, and at that Bishop Dunn game, he came and, and, and was there just just because, you know, he, he wanted to support. And people don't understand how big or how impactful that is on my life, because all I can think about is, can I do that for someone else? Can I have a, as much of an impact on someone else as as he does in my life? And I think he would say, Greg, you did it when you coached my sons. Mm -hmm. But I still want that feeling. I want I want to give somebody else that feeling. And I think as coaches, um, I think that that's kind of what it comes down to. Do I make people's lives better by the things that I do? You know, I always say if, if at the end of my career, 
right, standing over me, you know, over my casket. Sorry to get all dark, but <laughs> to stand over my casket, if the best thing that the preacher can say is how many football games that I won, then I have failed as a football coach, in my opinion. I hope the list of things that he can say that I have accomplished deals with my family and deals with, with my lineage of, of, of making people better. And, and I think that's, that's the challenge or that's the charge that I live with on a daily basis. I'm writing notes down here. I love the creating the moments, dude. Yeah, man. Go steal that. Do it. Um, because I do believe that 100%. All right, finally, you know, football, <clears throat> what do you feel like the state of football is right now? From the high school world to college to pro, it's changed dramatically. Sure. But it's still, strangely enough, blocking and tackling and family and community. And I mean, what do you what do you think the state of football is right now? Yeah, so to me, it's and I think I, the high school game is the most pure. Um, but yes. that's because and I'll tell you why that's because the people that we have in charge have not allowed it to get out of control. College is where it's at because the NCAA and the people in charge have allowed it to get to that point with the pressure that they have with the NILs, with, the, with, with all the recruiting that's going on. And, and obviously the pro game is such a, a business oriented game. I think the high school game and why I love doing what I do is because you can still impact a 13, 14, 15 year old kid um, and make a difference in their life. And I think, you know, you, you, you said it earlier, it's the eight, nine and 10 year old kid that are watching what we're doing with those 15, 16 and 17 year old kids makes a huge amount of difference as well. Um, it's to where they make a decision at a young age. Is this something that I want to do? Or is this something I don't ever want to be a part of because of how that guy was? You know, one of the things I always tell uh, our, our team is the biggest judge of a man is how you make other people feel. If a person walks away from a conversation and can say that guy, I like that guy. He makes everybody else around him better or he makes me feel good to be around him then I think that you, you have proven that, that, that you're on the right track uh, to, be, to being a successful person. Uh, if you walk away and people are going, man, what a jerk. There's a lot of truth in it. You know, um, I spoke at, at, at one of my best friend's funeral and uh, I, I, talked about, I talked about his love of animals. His name is Jeremy Moore. And I talked about his love of animals. And I said, there's an old saying that's, that, that, that goes, don't ever trust a man that doesn't like a dog, but always trust a dog that doesn't like a man. And I think, I think there's so much truth in that because of the fact that the most pure, uh, loving type of animal can sense a man that doesn't, doesn't make him feel good. Right. And I think there are some, there's some tough love aspects of coaching, but I think there's also that time um, that that no one sees what we do in the locker room where after a practice we're, we're over there hugging those kids neck and telling them how much we love them or we're calling them after a game after we've already told them once or twice but we call them just to say man I can't lay my head on the pillow without letting you know one more time how much I appreciate what you do and I think no one ever sees those and that's okay we're doing this not to be patted on the back and praised we do it because of the feeling we get from our heart 
And I think as coaches, that that's that's what success uh, is all about. Man, I don't know if we talked any football, but we talked a lot about life. <laughs> hey, I'm yeah. taking notes. I'm like, wow, this is some heavy stuff. Hey, coach, congrats. Go get them this week. Uh, that y'all y'all play Concordia Lutheran starting yes, district play. This is the Greg Greg Cranfield show. St. Pius X, watch out for the Panthers this week. Hey, we'll catch you next week. We'll have some more insightful moments for sure. Go Panthers.